We continue in our reading through the New Testament this week, as we will all year, and we're on week three. And so as we prepare for each uh, weekend work experience, we are looking ahead at what is to come. And so we'll be looking at Matthew 13 and the parable uh, as, as we get into our sermon here. But I, I want to say this, that if you have not started the reading with, uh, through the New Testament, it's not too late to start, right? Don't have guilt about that. You can either, one, pick up today with uh, Matthew 11 and keep on going, or uh, you could read three chapters a day for the next five, and you're all caught up. That's about 10 minutes of your time, and I think it would be well worth it as we go through this journey together. And today, I want to talk about parables, and uh, we know that stories shape us, right? Different stories uh, mean different things in our lives, but we even have marketing firms that are based off of storytelling to get you to buy stuff, right? A story that stuck with me that um, has helped me through the years uh, is just a simple phrase, right? And it's uh, the GE Power Company. And someone told me that when I was in middle school and I was struggling to figure out Paul's epistles and which order they went in. So it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, right? The GE Power Company. Ah, we all have stories like that that have just helped us in little ways. And actually, if you're in third grade right now, and Mr. Book, help me out if I'm saying this wrong, but they have these times tables, or these times tales that are helping them learn their times tables. And so here's one of them. Mr. and Mrs. Weeks have four dogs and nine cats. All right, do you, do you understand it? No, I, it took me a little bit too, but this is, I think, kind of a genius way to teach uh, these timetables. So Mr. and Mrs. Weeks, seven and seven. Multiply, you get 49, four dogs and nine cats. Uh, it, it, it's not how we learned it, right? This, <laughs> know that, right? But they're beginning to use story to, to get uh, deeper into that learning process. And how amazing is that? So my question is, what stories are shaping you today? What stories are shaping you? I want you to uh, take a moment, close your eyes for just a second, and just think about what, what is the last story that you remember? All right, open them, because I don't want you to go to sleep, right? But what is it? Was it something off of Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or Instagram, a social media outlet or news outlet? Oftentimes, uh, those are stories that begin to shape us. Maybe it wasn't one of those. Maybe it was an eternal monologue that says, I I'm not worthy. That says, I'm all alone or I'm hopeless. We know that that is a story that is going through our community because we've heard of the tragedies that have happened over the last few weeks. We've heard of the family at Concordia, and we are heartbroken for them and for our brothers and sisters in that congregation. 
We've heard about the tragedy with the pastor at Christ Our Treasure, and, and we mourn with our brothers and sisters there as well. And so here's what I want to, to tell you. I want to step just aside a minute and tell you if that's your internal monologue, I don't think that's the monologue that Christ wants you to have, that Jesus wants you to have as you're connected to him. He wants you to know his love and his forgiveness. And if that's what is going through your head and you are struggling, there is help, right? Reach out. You can text 494949, and it's a, a texting helpline. Or if you call 988, it's a national uh, helpline for suicide prevention and, and mental health crisis. Or talk to someone, right? Our, our team here at St. Michael is here for you. We, we want to help you, especially if you're struggling. So know that, that that, that dialogue is not, not what Christ wants, but he wants you to hear his stories and be a part of his story. And so we know that Jesus tells stories to his disciples and the people around him to help them understand life and what it's like to be loved and forgiven child of God. And these are, are called parables often. And we have a working definition of parable that's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And, and that tackles about 95% of the parables that are in the Bible. And so as we look at that, we see a parable today of a woman who is kneading yeast into 60 pounds of flour until it's worked all its way through the dough. And at first, this seems like a really easy and just like simple story that Jesus told, and it can make us scratch our head. But there, I think, is more to the story when we unpack it just a little bit. And so that earthly story, right? We know a little bit more scientifically about yeast than they may have in that context. So we know yeast is an amoeba, and it processes sugars into CO2 and ethanol. And so if you take a slice of bread like Emma was talking about, and you look at a slice of bread and you see the little holes that are in there, well, that's the yeast at work, right? It, it, it expands things out. And so if you think about it, a 60-pound bag of flour is going to be about this tall and about this round. And if you take a little bit of yeast and you work it through there, it expands out so it's going to be taller than I am and a lot wider than I am too. And how amazing is it that this little amoeba can do that. And so what can we learn? What can we learn from yeast working its way through dough? Well, I think there's a few things. One, it's active. It doesn't sit dormant. It doesn't just sit there and do absolutely nothing, but it's active. It's small and hidden. If Emma didn't have a whole lot of yeast in that bag, you would not be able to see it. And if you're a baker and you've ever spilled yeast on a counter, you know there's no, there's no picking up the specks. It's gone. It's small and it's hidden. Right? So the small and hidden thing is active. And because of those things, it is impactful. 
I don't think there's any way of saying that something that doubles uh, uh, some flour and water in size in like an hour in the right conditions isn't impactful. And so we see yeast in light of these things, and then we start to put things together. And so uh, if, it, if that's the earthly story, then what is the heavenly meaning behind it? What is Jesus trying to teach us? Well, he's beginning to talk about the kingdom of heaven. And when we think about the kingdom of heaven, we kind of oftentimes put it out there, right? We, we, we read the stories and we see the things, but sometimes we miss things like this. In Matthew 4, 17, as Jesus begins his ministry, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and now. The kingdom is anywhere that God's reign is happening. That means as we know that we are loved and forgiven children of God, his reign is within us. And so the kingdom of heaven is here and now. It is, it is where Jesus went and where we will see him again, new heaven and new earth. But we also have to recognize that it is here now. And I think that's what this story is about. You see, as we look at that story, we can see that, that the kingdom of heaven is active around us. We see that through small things, through people gathering together and sharing stories and those stories being shared out. We see that it's small and hidden. It's not like there is uh, widespread, huge events that are happening. Now, sometimes that does happen, and praise God for that. But more often in our community, we see it in small ways. We see it in personal connections. We see it in the conversations. The things that are small and perhaps hidden from plain sight as we share stories of love and forgiveness with the people around us. And we know that the kingdom of God is impactful. We know that it has an impact on our lives to know that we are loved unconditionally. And that there's nothing that we can do that takes us too far from God to forgive us. And so in all of that, we trust. We trust in God's promises. His promises that he will never leave us. That he will never forsake us. That he is always there for us. So as we think about this parable and, and the kingdom of heaven. My hope is that you, you can share that as your story. That that story is shaping you and your life. And so when you close your eyes and you think about the stories that are impactful for you, being connected to Jesus is one of those stories. That you're not alone, that you're worthy because he says you are and because he is always there, which means that you can always claim, no matter what hour or what place you're in, 
you can always claim that you are a loved and forgiven child of God. And how amazing is that? And that story doesn't just stop there, right? That story shapes us. And so it comes out as we talk to the people around us. If we are connected to Jesus, that's a story to share. That's a story to share as we love our neighbors. That's a story to share as we forgive the people around us. That's a story to share throughout our week as we're shaped by God's story and we trust in his promises. Amen?